All right. We are back. SQ Sports Podcast number five. Finally, we got the dual threat. Me and Andrew Quinlan, what up? What up? We finally figured out. Shout out our unofficial sponsor, Zoom.us. Finally figured out how to do um, podcasts with both of us talking. So we're going to get into NBA action. The first two nights of the NBA have already occurred. If you're listening to this, night three of the NBA is um, probably underway. Uh, Unfortunately, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, so we've recorded about like an hour of content, um, but we're going to start back from scratch because it, it got deleted. So <laughs> we're going to start with Tuesday night, your Philadelphia 76ers, a rematch in the, East, uh, the Eastern Conference semifinals, took on the Boston Celtics. Um, the score was, didn't look good for the Sixers. Tell me what you thought about it. Yeah, it wasn't, especially in the fourth, the Celtics kind of pulled away. Really, we just couldn't hang with their depth just because our bench really didn't show up. Um, we only had – we had 20 points on the bench, but Reddick played more than Fultz. Fultz only played 24 minutes. So he was essentially the starter. Um, Fultz, in his first game back, didn't look great. He had a couple good moments. He had a nice little pull-up jumper. He had a nice uh, cut off a ridiculous Ben Simmons pass. Um, but he's definitely going to take a little bit to get acclimated to the offense. I mean, he's only played 15 games so far in his career, so – it's still a little early to write him off, but right now it's a little discouraging to see that he's not really fully there yet. Uh, I thought Simmons looked really good. Um, he didn't really show that much different than last year, but when he's attacking, um, it's just nobody that can really stop him. Yeah. And Embiid, Embiid and Horford, Horford is just – he's his kryptonite right now. Hello. Yo, can you not hear me again? I can hear you now. Yo. Yo. Dude, I don't know what the what's going on with my thing. I just yeah, I it know. says it says like internet connection unstable and then it'll drop. But I have like three bars, so I don't know. Yeah, so do I. Just, just uh, keep talking. All right. Um. All right. So my <clears throat> my question to you is: Fultz obviously didn't look great. Um, and obviously his shooting form is always going to look a little funky. But Reggie Miller, one of the NBA's greatest shooters. Had a little bit of a funky form, so I don't I don't really account to that. He just didn't look great. He didn't look comfortable, and he didn't make many of his shots. My question is, why uh, did Fultz not get any summer league action? Because I feel like the best thing to do for his jumper is get him game action with it. Yeah, I, I wish I could have seen him in summer league, but um, his trainer, when he's uh, rebuilding a shot from scratch, he says that he really just wants three months of no five-on-five action to just fully get all the reps in. Because he feels that one bad game rep would just is way worse than um, is way more like detrimental than a uh, hundred good practice reps. But yeah, I probably would have liked to have seen him just play a little more NBA basketball because he only he played first four games last year. He missed sixty seven games, sixty eight games, and then he played the last ten. 
Um, and I mean, he looked all right last year, but you could tell it's still he was still kind of a shell of himself. But yeah, I mean, that's just the way Drew Hamlin does it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you can't hate hate on the logic of Drew Hamlin. Um, let's hop over to the other side, the Boston Celtics. They played well, and as a team, they played well. But Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, the two guys they're implementing back in after injuries from last season, uh, they didn't look too great. So how much does it worry you that arguably their best two players or easily their two of their top three players didn't play that well and the score was still that lopsided? Yeah, it was it was pretty frustrating, honestly, because, like, it's just their depth is unbelievable right now. Our depth is kind of non-existent. But it's just, like, even when they're two – I mean, they're two highest-paid players, I guess. Um, and probably their two best players, at least right now. They didn't really show. They only had a combined 17 points. Shot a combined 6 of 26. And uh, just 2 of 11 from 3, and they still won by 18. Just because Tatum really came to play. Jalen Brown didn't do that much. He had a he had a 3 late, and he had a couple – he had a big dunk, quote-unquote dunk on Embiid. Yeah, he posted him. But, yeah, it's just uh, – their like their bench was killing us. Morris and Smart hit a couple threes. Rozier was dancing. It was just they're gonna be yeah. tough to stop, man. More, I think, yeah. I think, I think we're a year away, honestly. The Sixers. I, I kind of expect them. Kind of. I think last year they were a bit ahead of schedule. Like people, a lot of people didn't even think they'd win like forty-one, and then they won fifty-two, and they won a series, and it was great. But I think this year will probably be pretty similar to last year in terms of their result. Just a little more development from the young guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the Sixers roster almost looks virtually the same. Willie Chandler will be big off the bench, and whenever um, – what's his name out of Tech comes back? Zaire Smith. Zaire Smith, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I think the Celtics are the bully of the East at the moment because they, they got the superstars – or they got the stars in Hayward and Irving, and then you have Tatum who's becoming a star. And that bench is just – that bench is just unmatched. Marcus Morris played really well last night. And it's not only, like the guys off the bench. They are, they aren't like normally off the bench. I feel like you have specialists. The Celtics don't have specialists. Marcus Morris is good on the defensive end. And he can knock down shots. Um, Terry Rozier is good with the ball in his hands, and he's a hound on defense. Smart would be the only one where I may call him just like a like a, defense, a defensive kind of hustler, get in your face, dog pound type of guy. But even then, like he's been your guy. He's hit threes, and especially against you guys, you know that. So it's gonna be a tough team to beat. Yeah, it'll be tough. Um, switching over to the other game on Tuesday night, the Warriors and the Thunder. One of my favorite players in the league, Russell Westbrook, was sidelined. Uh, he got his knee scoped for the third time about a month back. Um, he should be back fairly soon, but sat this one out. That gave a starting role to Dennis uh, Dennis Schroeder, I guess. Marv Albert was calling. Him, did you watch? Marv Albert was calling him Schroeder, and I always thought yeah, it was I think, Schroeder. That's how, I think I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce it, but nobody ever. No, he does. Okay, all right, so. Officially, SQ Sports, it's Dennis Schroeder for us, at least. Uh, Schroeder played really well. Um, got picked up in the offseason. He's been on the Hawks for all of his NBA career. Um, I, I remember it. It had to be four, four, five years ago, four years ago, when Schroeder was the backup to Jeff Teague in Atlanta. That feels like an eternity ago. But anyways, mm-hmm. Thunder picked him up. He used the Thunder's big, quote-unquote, pickup of the offseason. And he played well. I mean, he... He handled his, handled his duties at the point guard spot, stuffed the stat sheet. He had 21, 8, and 6, uh, three steals to go along with it. I think he's going to be the real X factor on this Thunder team. It'll be interesting to see how he pairs with Westbrook when he comes back. Yeah, I think he's going to be huge. 
Um, he'll probably, I, mean, I guess he'll, yeah, he probably will be the sixth man, it seems like. Um, yeah. And when I heard that he met with Billy Donovan before the trade went down and agreed that, like, agreed for his new role as, like, a sixth man, I guess, spot starter. Once I heard that he agreed to that, I thought he could really be a big piece because they've missed the backup point guard for so long. And it seemed like his last few years in Atlanta, it was kind of like his relationship with the team was kind of on the rock. But if he's if when he buys in, he can be really like dynamic at at the one. Yeah, no, he's great. He almost is kind of like a mini Russ. He doesn't shoot it well, but he's a great slasher, super athletic type of guy. Um, but the uh, Russell what Russell Westbrook is the main guy everyone's talking about that is injured. But Andre Roberson, who went down mid season last year, um, small forward, great defender, can't really shoot. He had a little bit of a setback, isn't expected to return for another couple of months. But I think he's going to be huge for this team and especially with matching up with a team like Golden State yeah he's going to be really big for them um they were really clicking last year before he got hurt and then once he did it was like when Paul George had to overcompensate a little bit on defense because he was playing next to Abrinas and it was kind of taking taking him out of the game on offense because he was so tired but the duo of him and uh Roberson and George on the wing it's it's they really lock it down yeah no I I think it's gonna ultimately for the Thunder uh it's gonna come down to depth because between Steven Adams, Paul George, Russ, Roberson, and uh, Schroeder, that team's a team that can compete, but uh, their, be- their bench doesn't run too deep. I know you're talking about Abrinas and Grant, how they're going to be pretty key uh, to this whole run this season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be um, – yeah, Abrinas, they really, they really need him to – he's always been a bit streaky from three, but they really need him to step up, just consistently be like a 38% kind of guy from deep. Yeah, no, I agree, because his one thing is he shoots the three balls, so he better do that effectively. If not, he's going to be hard-pressed to find minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll switch over to Wednesday night, uh, which was really fun, because we had about 10, I think 10 or 11 games running, so just flipping through. Uh, Speaking of that, I think I'm going to go for the league pass, because I know it can be a little expensive, but they definitely have a deal out there for college students. And mm-hmm. just to be able to flip through games so easily instead of going to Reddit, it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna cancel my hassle out. So I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into uh, look into getting that. Yeah, but, as soon as they come out with like a discount, I'm definitely gonna jump on that. All right, I see it that. is Reddit is getting a bit frustrating sometimes, especially because I tried doing my PS4 on the browser and like it's just so slow. And then I, I don't like having to use my computer to watch games if I can do it on TV. Yeah, better. Yeah. No, I agree completely, but. Uh, talk, let's get into the Wednesday games. Uh, the Bucks and the Hornets, one of the most entertaining games of the night. The Bucks snuck out a one-point win. Nicholas Batum missed a game, winning three at the end. Uh, two things I want to talk about. First, we'll talk about Charlotte um, and Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker is in a contract year. He's just 28 years old. He's one of the more underrated point guards in the league. I know our league has so many good point guards, but this is a guy that can go out and get buckets like no one else. He uh, has – Dropped 41 points, which is the most anyone's dropped this year so far. Obviously, it's just one game. But he was efficient as well. He was 7 for 13 from 3 um, and added 4 assists. What, what do you think about Walker, especially his prospects, heading into the offseason the next year? Yeah, I thought he looked amazing last night, honestly. Like, I just as a – really is, like, one of the more underrated players in the NBA just because scoring is coming so naturally to him now. I think, what is this, his ninth year or eighth year? Eighth, um, I believe, yeah. Yeah, it's just, like – 41 points on over 50% from from the field and over 50% from the three. It's like he can do that. Obviously, he's not going to score 40 points every night, but he's a threat to do that every night 
And yeah. he's gotten better with his efficiency, with his passing, with his shooting, just every year. And it's pretty nice to see. As a free agent, when he turns 20, he'll be 29 when he's free agent. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he stays or not. I know he wants to stay. He'll get the most money if he stays, but he might value winning now because he's only made the playoffs twice. Yeah, and, and that's another thing I was going to get into. This Hornets team is just it, – the, the, it just doesn't the, – the pieces aren't there. I mean, yeah, I, they got – the one bright spot, I will say, Malik Monk off the bench. I think he's going to work his way into the starting lineup. Uh, played 34 minutes. He scored 18 points and was 4 of 8 from 3. He is super explosive. Um, and he's a super good shooter. I think he is going to really open some eyes this year and take a big second-year leap after his rookie season. Yeah, I thought he looked great, um, especially at the end of last year when he started finally getting minutes when Carter Williams got hurt. I thought he looked really good just as a guy on the two-spot and kind of just heat up whenever. As a shooter, I mean, he shot four of eight last night, 18 points. Uh, as a passer, he's actually a little underrated. He, didn't, he only had two assists last night, but he showed a lot of flashes of being a really good passer last year which if he can be, like, a good distributor next to Kemba, I think that could really be – really make their offense a lot more dynamic. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think he'd be a perfect fit at the two-guard next to Kemba. That may also influence Kemba if they got a good relationship to stay, but who knows? That's so far away. I want to talk about the other team in this game, the Milwaukee Bucks. I actually thought the Bucks had a, had a chance at – um making a finals run last year because the East was so depleted and I thought Giannis could put the team on his back. Obviously, it was just well, maybe one year or two years too soon. But Giannis came out, and he is your MVP pick if people haven't read on SQ Sports. Uh, Q picked Giannis to win MVP 2018-2019. And he came out and played like an MVP candidate. Tell me what you saw from him. Yeah, I thought it was pretty – I thought he was great. Um, it was actually a bit of an off night for him. I mean, he only shot – 9-21 from the field, 0-3 from three. He missed five free throws, but still 25-18-8 when you're 6-11 and can handle the ball like a guard, but you're playing – you're defending centers on defense. It's like he really just – he brings everything to the floor. Yeah, no, he is another unicorn in the NBA. And if, if he can get that three-point I, – I think he shot 27% from three last year, 25.5% the year before – if he can get that in the, at least in the low 30s this season and start a base to start climbing up like he has been, I mean, the ceiling is very high for this guy, and he's still young. So it'll be interesting to watch him grow uh, throughout this coming year as well, in, in, as well as in the future. Yeah, 100%. Um, switching over, talk about the Timberwolves, who have been all the talk of the NBA in the last couple of weeks, the Jimmy Butler saga. Won't really rehash any of that, but I think the big news out of the Timberwolves-Spurs game, uh, which the Spurs won 112-108, is Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, he fouled out in 22 minutes. He got into foul trouble early in the first half, so didn't really play a lot in the first half. The foul trouble isn't really the big issue. The issue is he only took six shots, and he only scored eight points. Tell me what you saw there. Yeah, I mean, that's just unacceptable. Um I don't know whose fault it is, if it's Tid's fault, if it's Teague not really getting the ball, if it's Butler or Wiggins not getting the ball. But for your best offensive player and one of the most efficient big men, we've honestly we've ever really seen just as a versatile scorer. And, uh, he might make 40, 50, or 50, 40, 90 this year. Yeah, I was going to say Pretty that. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, to hit, for him to just get six shots, it's in tw- I mean, he only played 22 minutes, but why are you found out in 22 minutes? I mean, yeah, his defense yeah. is always going to be an issue, but just on offense – He's he's he should be the guy on offense. Like Butler is great, but Cat is the best on the player on the team. Yeah, exactly. And he's just unbelievable. 
you just said that his defense is always going to be an issue. What he provides is one of the best big man uh, offensive games in the league. So you have to go out and do that on a nightly basis. You're getting paid what 150 something million for a reason. Mm-hmm. So he, 190. 190. Okay, <laughs> even more. If he he's obviously not doing it on the defensive end, so you better go down there and get buckets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just really disappointing. Uh, as for that, Jimmy Butler after after all the saga. He wasn't very efficient, but he hit a couple good shots, uh, a couple big shots late. He ended up with 23 points. Um, what did you think about his performance? Yeah, I thought he looked pretty good for the most part. That three he hit from the corner late was pretty nuts. Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised he played as well as he did. Um, he didn't. There were didn't really seem to be like huge chemistry issues. In terms yeah, of Wiggins. It's not like they were like playing hero ball or anything. No, they just, yeah. they've always been a bit of a weird fit. Weird combo. because they all like need the ball in their hands to be effective because none of them are really great passers. But overall, yeah. I thought he looked fine. Wiggins looked – I mean, Wiggins just does what Wiggins does. He scored 20 and doesn't really do anything else. Um, Teague looked great, 27 points. He was efficient from the field, efficient from three. It was – at least that might be a bright spot for him this year if he can play like that. Yeah, uh, Jeff Teague did re- look probably like the best on the team. He only took 12 shots to score 27 points. Granted, he got – he made all of his free throws nine for nine. But even though Teague had the best performance and is going to be good for the T-Wolves, um, what you were saying before, I, they, would, they, would, they would be better if they had a guy like Ricky Rubio running the point. Because mm-hmm. um, Teague is more of a slasher. He's more of a get-to-the-rim type of guy. He's never going to wow you away with assists. Uh, and I think that's what Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns need. They're the ones that will score a combined 75 a game. They need someone to get them the ball. I know it's kind of a weird knock to knock Teague for going 8 of 12 and scoring 27 points, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think they would benefit from a guy who's, who's a little bit more of a distributor. Yeah, I agree. Um, but on the other side of the ball, it was DeMar DeRozan's, DeMar DeRozan's first game as a San Antonio Spur. Super excited to watch what Pop does with him. Um, I think they're going to be a great fit together. Obviously, USA Basketball, they've already been together a little bit, but now in a full-season form see what uh, his mind can do. DeMar played well. He shot 10 to 21 at 28 points um, and just had a really a really DeMar DeRozan game. He's going to get buckets with the best of them in the league. Yeah, I thought he looked really good. Um, I think him and Pop are like a great fit together because Pop, he's never really been a big fan of like the three when he doesn't have to be. Obviously, he's the not last year, but the two years before that, he started to get a little bit more like three centric, but I think now that he has a team with two of the best mid range shooters in the league and uh, DeRozan Aldridge plus Rudy Gay is another great mid range shooter. I think DeRozan will be a really good fit with Pop, and especially with his all around game developing now. I mean, he did hit he hit one three. I thought that that was that play where they made like eight passes and then DeRozan hit three from the corner. That was yeah. beautiful. That was just yeah. Spurs right there. No, yeah, that's Spurs basketball. But yeah, oh. I, thought he, I thought he looked really good. Aldridge had a bit of an off night. But uh, 19 boards, I mean, that's great. Yeah, that's crazy. Rudy Gay, Rudy Eight of them offensive, good. though. That's, that's, yeah. that's a crazy stat. Eight of them offensive. But... Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so what do you think? What do you? Because obviously the West is loaded. But the thing about the West, West being loaded, you have the Warriors and the Rockets who are the top two teams. But then, like, 3 through 12, you could tell me anyone's finishing anywhere. What What do you think about the Spurs' prospects? Yeah, it's, it'll be tough now with the Dejounte Murray news. Yeah, that's he, big. Maybe out for the season. Like, I mean, offensively, he hasn't really done that much in the NBA yet. But I mean, he only he made an all defensive team in the second season. Like, he's special on that end. And then Derek White got hurt, 
um, right before the season started, which he was – he already might stop. He's good, but, uh, like, we didn't know if he was going to be ready, and now he's hurt. So now we got Bryn Forbes playing point guard. And, right. I mean, he played already at 11 points. Um, Michigan State guy. I like Brent. He was good in college. Yeah, he's not. He's he's an okay player, but um, it'll be interesting. They, I think they could use another shooter. Even though I, I was saying how they pop doesn't love shooting threes, but I think just having another shooter. I thought Bellinelli was a good pickup. He played pretty well last night. He had a couple threes, a couple off the dribble threes, which he's kind of known for at this point. Um, yeah. have, bringing him back. I mean, he was he played a pretty big role on the championship team in 2014. Um, but I think they could really use another shooter, or maybe. Maybe they can be on the market for a guy like Tyus Jones or Terry yeah. Rozier or something. Yeah, um, I think honestly, the West people always say uh, the they're like, oh, I don't start watching NBA till like March and April. The West is going to be so interesting to watch from the starting point till mm-hmm. about January, just because all those teams that are mashed up, if they feel like they can can compete and they can get a guy that's going to help them in a specialty area, they're going to do it. So the, all these teams. Um, like this, like you said with the Spurs, if they feel they need another shooter, they're going to go out and get it. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of just not big moves, but like kind of small name moves back and forth made by mm. these teams in the West competing for playoff spots. Yeah. Another team in the West that I want to talk about that has been very underrated. They missed the playoffs by one game last year, but that was probably due to an injury to one of their better players, the Denver Nuggets. They beat the Clippers last night by nine points. This starting lineup is, is, is good. It's, it's, dare I say, one of the better starting lineups in the league. They don't have that wow you star. Maybe you considered Jokic that guy, but just they're super balanced. And with Paul Millsop coming back, I know he didn't play well, just one for seven and 11 points last night. But him coming back is going to be huge for this team. What do you think about the Nuggets this year? Yeah, he will be really big for them because he's another forward in the NBA that's kind of aged well because of how versatile he is and how he can switch across basically – he can guard – he's one of the guys that can guard all five positions, which is really important to have next to Jokic because Jokic is a bit of a defensive liability. He knows what he's doing on defense. He just he – just, he doesn't have the athleticism to yeah. do so to really be effective on that end. So having Millsap would be huge. Um, yeah. I thought – I think the team around Jokic is really good, at least, um, at least for the starters. With Harris and Murray in the backcourt, they're two really good shooters. They, had, they both kind of had off nights last night. Well, Harris had 20, but he was pretty inefficient. But um, but no, I, having those two in the backcourt, I think, would be really good. Harris is a pretty underrated defender. Especially, uh, he's a bit undersized, but he plays really good defense. And Murray, as a point guard, I think he's like a perfect fit for the modern NBA. Um, in terms of point guards, he can pull up off a screen. He can come off a screen, catch and shoot from three. He can get to the rim a little bit. Um, and he's getting better with his passing. So I think that they have a really good core. And I think this year is going to be the year they make the step into the postseason. Yeah, agreed. I, I love I love their backcourt of uh, Murray and Harris. Um, but just like the Spurs, their bench may give them problems, but that that's problems they're gonna they're gonna hash out as the season goes along. So Nuggets yeah. definitely yeah, got it. Um, they really just need to see what Isaiah Thomas is gonna be like because that's mean, true. He when is, is he when is he expected? I, yeah, I don't know. I I assumed he was gonna play the beginning of the year, but I guess not. Yeah. Um, so I guess last year I guess he rushed back a little bit, played with the Cavs because it was a lot of excitement around him. Mm-hmm. after the Kyrie trade. But I think this year, if he can take his time and get, give him like 15 and four off the bench, maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe like 13 and four. I yeah. think it's for them because they really need, especially with uh, Chandler gone and Barton in the starting lineup, they really need someone to step Yeah, they up need that bench. bench score. They don't, that's what they are. That's what they're currently lacking. So 
No, yeah, yeah I, com- I completely agree. But this Nuggets team will be fun to watch. Jokic is so fun to watch. Just not even score the ball, but pass the ball. He's one of the best passing big men in the league. So Yeah, he's unbelievable. Um, I'm switch back over to the East. Uh, the Raptors, Kawhi Leonard's first game, they topped the Cavs. 116 to 104. Um, Kawhi looked pretty good. He had 24 points and 12 rebounds in his debut. Nine to 22 from the field, but it's not not a big issue for me. I'm just glad that he kind of oriented himself well, and it it seemed as if the Raptors are head, headed on the up for another good season. Yeah, Kawhi. I mean, they were they already had the best record last year, but then of course they fell apart versus the Cavs. But I think having if they had Kawhi last year, I think honestly they might have beaten the Cavs because yeah, it's just like he is really when he's on and it seems like he's back for the most part. He's a bit inefficient, but he's just a little rusty. But um, when he's on, he's one of the most impactful players in the NBA just because he can. He's become someone who can do everything on offense, and then defensively, he's well at worst the fourth best defender in the league. So yeah, he, I think yeah. he could really make them, like, push him over the top. I mean, they're going to give Boston some trouble, honestly. Um, Agreed. That is Agreed. a matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals, which it probably will be at this point, at least barring injury. Um, like, Leonard, we saw what he did in the first half of the first game versus the Warriors last year when he had – I think he had 25 in the first half, and they were up by, like, 25 points. Um, like, he really is that special. So it will be interesting to see how he fits. Yeah. Um I, I think I think he is going to put them over the hump this year. They match up perfectly with the Celtics because they have that deep, deep bench. Serge Ibaka, OG Ananobi, CJ Miles, Norman Powell, Fred Van Fleet. Like that bench is five deep, five guys that can play 15-plus minutes. And the thing with Kawhi, I get, don't get me wrong, I love DeMar DeRozan. He's one of the better scorers we have in today's NBA. But before Kawhi went down with his injuries, I – thought he was clearly the third best player behind LeBron James and Kevin Durant in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, and he's now that LeBron kind of doesn't play any defense anymore. Him and Anthony Davis are like the best two way players in this. Yeah. Game, by yeah, far. And what Kawhi, Kawhi brings that brings that closing mentality, that championship can, mentality. He's a winner. He's been there. Whereas DeMar always kind of flakes out um, specifically in the fourth quarter of playoff games. So I think this Raptor team, which is basically the same as it was last year, except you just swap Kawhi for DeMar, and you get Danny Green, which is kind of plus. What Who'd they give back? They give a Pirtle? Uh, Pirtle and uh, the Rosen Pirtle, and I think it was top 20 protected first this year. Yeah, so nothing to, nothing to affect their playoffs. They're like their playoff hopes this year. I really think if the Celtics and the Raptors uh, match up in the playoffs, that would be a great series. That's another thing. Um, if you're a Sixers, if you're a Sixers fan like you, mm-hmm. why if if you can get those two teams to play in the semifinals, yeah, that's big. So I yeah, think this regular really seed, that, we really need that first seed, yeah, or or the fourth seed, and then I guess maybe the Bucks or something just somehow shoot up to the top or something. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I think the Ra- honestly, I think the Raptors are going to be an, a really good regular season team this year, win a lot of games. Yeah, so. I think they'll definitely at worst be the three seed. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to play in the playoffs. Danny Green has kind of been on the downside of the last couple of years, but he played pretty well last night, three of seven from deep. He's always going to be a great transition defender. He's like one of the best uh, fast-break defenders in the league. So yeah. I think that was a bit of an underrated part of the trade. I was kind of surprised the Spurs gave him up. I agree. and I, don't I, figured, know if I figured if the Spurs gave him up, then maybe the Raptors just send back like Ananobi or yeah, Danny or something. But True, but they just gave up 
Purtle. I, I, the, the, I don't know if you saw this, uh, the clip on Twitter. It was so funny. It was, um, it was right at the beginning of the game, and, like, Kawhi, like, had the ball. Like, the Raptors fans were going crazy. And then, like, he passed it to Danny Green, and, like, everyone stopped cheering. <laughs> and then Danny Green passed it back to him, and they started all going crazy again. <laughs> It was it was funny, but uh, no, I think Danny Green's going to be underrated, and I, I think Toronto fans should should grow to like him as a player. Yeah, <laughs> one of the the first ESPN game last night, the Pelicans and the Rockets. Surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, the Pelicans won by nineteen, one thirty one to one twelve. We'll start with the Pels. Um, their front court. You, if you take a Boogie Cousins out of a front court, you got to feel like that front court gets worse. But how much worse? I don't think it got that much worse. You got Anthony Davis still, uh, Nikola Miritich, and Julius Randle. They picked up on a two-year, $18 million deal. Those guys combined for 97 points or 87 points. I don't know. My math is off. 87 points. 87. 87. That's big. From from your front court, 87 points. And, I mean, uh, Miritich has has been a perfect fit next to AD since he's got there. He was six for eight from downtown. Just a uh, perfect guy to stretch for four. He's honestly like a great, a great stretch for, I feel like he slept on. Like he, he's perfect. I wanted the Suns to almost get him like two years back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's really, he always was kind of a bit of a disappointment with the bulls. He was never like, he showed a lot of flashes that he never really put it together. But as soon as he got to the Pelicans, it's just like someone clicked <laughs> just playing next to Anthony Davis. Um, yeah, I love their front court. Just always having one, at least one good, like quality forward or center in the game. I know yeah. Anthony Davis, like it, um, he doesn't love to play center, uh, according to reports, but like when he does, it's like, he's unbelievably like the Pelicans are unbelievably good whenever he's playing center. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, the boogie boogie was, it's a tough loss. Cause like, you know, how talented he is, but it was always a bit of a weird fit. Agreed. Front court. Like they both. I mean, Boogie can pass, but for the most part, you want one of them to have the ball. When the other isn't, it's like, what are they really doing? I think Randall and Miritich – well, Randall's a better defender than Boogie, and Miritich is a perfect stretch forward to put next to AD. Yeah, no, yeah. And, well, Julius Randall honestly surprised me. I liked him on the Lakers, but I don't know if he's that's a one-game under or if he's going to be consistently putting up like even like 16, 18 points a game because that would be huge. That'd be huge for the Pelicans. The mm-hmm. one thing, the one thing um, that is big, and honestly, it it would be Anthony Davis would have been the guy that I picked to win MVP, or I'll pick him right now. I'm picking Anthony Davis to win MVP. All right. Um, he's consistently put up like 27 and 11 for the past couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Yet that um, assist number has never been there. Like I'm looking at it right now. He's in his 2.3 assists, 2.1 assists, 1.9 assists, 2.2 assists. And he just goes off for eight assists, and I feel like it's not a fluke. I feel like that's just how the offense is, is going to be run. Um, Alvin, I love Alvin Gentry, and I don't know. I feel like if, if Davis is averaging 28, 11, and, like, five, that's, like, ridiculously good. That's Those yeah, are great. Especially numbers. with his defense. Yeah, and he's, like, one of the best defenders in the league. Anthony Davis, it, when he hits the market in a couple of years, like, he is going to be – he's going to be – that's going to be huge. Yeah, honestly, I think the Pelicans, if all goes well for them, I could see them being maybe even – honestly, maybe even the three seed just because I think Anthony Davis is that good. Yeah. Carry a team like that. Holiday even yeah. had a bit of an off night, and they still won by – I mean, he was still a plus 26. Because his defense is so underrated, and he still – I mean, he still had eight assists. Exactly. Um, no, 
Like he's, I think Holiday Nelly's finally healthy. He's had a couple years when he struggled with health and then a situation with his wife where he had to miss a lot of time. Um, but like we saw last year, like once he started playing, especially in the playoffs, he can, he's really in the upper echelon of point guards. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's what you got to love about Drew because he is such a great defender when he does have an off night like this, they can still beat the Rockets by 20. So, mm-hmm. um, but on the other side of the ball, speaking of the Rockets, not a good sign. I, obviously it's one game. Don't want to make too much of it, but James Harden, Chris Paul, and the newly acquired Carmelo Anthony have the three worst plus minuses on the team. Uh, they're just inefficient from the floor. Those guys, uh, Harden and Paul, combined 12 for 27. You just can't do that when these guys are the main uh, staples to your team. Yeah, I was a bit surprised at how um, they just weren't really clicking offensively when it seemed like last year they just clicked immediately. Um, and it, I think it'll come down. Ennis, I think Ennis was a pretty decent pickup because he was signed for so cheap, but he's going to take a little bit of time uh, to acclimate into the offense. And Tucker, Tucker's great from the corner on threes, but if they really want to contend, I think he needs to stretch a little bit toward the wing to kind of replace what Ariza brought last year. Yeah, they're gonna have, they're gonna, they're gonna struggle putting up points besides Paul and Harden. Um, I mean, then again, they put up one twelve, but I, they, I don't see that third guy on this team. That, yeah, that can uh, Eric, yeah, even Eric Gordon, he had twenty one, but two of nine from three. Um, I Michael Carter Williams ten points, four rebounds. I thought, I thought he looked good in preseason because it seemed like some some one of his coaches finally figured out that he should not be playing point guard anymore. Like he was good in his first season on a really bad team, and it was kind of like he. I mean, he was he was a good player his first year, but I think his stats were a little inflated. Yeah. But I think if he can play the three, just be like a pretty good defender. He doesn't have to. Sh- I mean, he was one of three from deep, but just a, a good defender who can handle it a little bit. And can just like be a little bit of a glue guy. I think he can be pretty effective, especially since he's signed at a minimum. Yeah, no. If you're paying the guy a minimum, you can't complain about anything he gives you. Is my mindset about it. Mm-hmm. Um. So another team I want to talk about is the Detroit Pistons. They had a three-point win over the Nets on Wednesday. Andre Drummond. He had 24 points and 20 rebounds. He had seven 20-20 games all of last season. So these aren't unheard of for Drummond, but still a great performance. And you had Blake Griffin, who played 25 games after being traded to the Pistons last year. He had 26, 8, and 6. Uh, what do you make of the Pistons? What do you think their ceiling is this year? I think, at best, they could sneak into the top four in the East, um, try to get some home, home court advantage finally, because for the past, like, 10 or so years, it's just like they haven't really done anything. They made the playoffs a couple years ago against the Cavs, and they actually played the Cavs pretty well the year that the Cavs won the title. I mean, they still got swept, but – the games were close to the most part. So, I mean, they have a, they have a foundation. They've, it seems like something's gone wrong every year. I still don't like the Blake Griffin trade at all. I think Blake Griffin's pretty good. But, I mean, he has four more years, including this year, on his deal for, I yeah. think, $130 million left or something around that. Something and he's still – I mean, he's bound to get hurt. I'm not going to say he's going to get hurt because he's <laughs> an injury. But, like, he's gotten hurt a lot throughout his career. Yeah. Um, but – and I think giving out Tobias Harris was a bit bad. bad. He's so bad. young, and he was becoming like a really good scorer from the wing. Yeah, kind of weird. I, they just kind of gave up on him. Um, I know. But That's in terms rehab. of what they're working with, I think Drummond and Griffin can coexist. Griffin's gotten a little better with his three. Drummond hit a three last night. Um, yeah, he's improved. Pretty weird. I mean, 
that form ever since last year when his free throw percentage went up by like 20 percent and he looks solid yeah yeah he's getting better I think um they could really use another shooter um Reggie Bullock was out last night with an illness but um I mean he's he was really underrated last year he shot I think 43 percent from three and he kind of emerged finally after a few years of um at the end of the bench for some teams but uh him and Kennard Kennard looked okay last night he only played 19 minutes um I'm surprised Bruce Brown got to start in his first NBA game. Uh, he didn't really yeah. do much. He didn't have any points. But um, it shows Dwayne Casey's confidence in him that he's given a rookie 19 minutes in his first game of the season. Yeah, I don't love the Pistons roster, especially outside of the front court and Jackson. Uh, but I do trust Dwayne Casey. So it'll be interesting to see how he mixes and matches those guys. He's got about like six or seven guys on the bench and Bruce Brown, who are just kind of competing for minutes, which is always a little bit of an issue. But it'll be interesting to see how Casey makes and matches him. Mm-hmm. Um, another Eastern Conference game, I don't want to talk too much about it because these two teams aren't going to compete, the Hawks and the Knicks. But they had uh, some interesting rookies playing. Um, on Atlanta's side, you had Trey Young, the fifth overall pick. He played 31 minutes. Uh, he's their starting point guard. He had 14 points on five of four, shooting one for five from three, six rebounds and five assists. Uh, what do you think about Young's performance? What do you think he can do this year for the Hawks? Uh, I thought he looked okay. His numbers weren't great. I don't expect his efficiency to be very good this year because the Hawks don't really have that much talent around him, so the defenses are going to be swarming him a lot. But um, he's impressed me a lot. I was a bit down on him coming out of the draft because I just kind of thought – his size just would limit him too much, as good as he is of a shooter. But uh, through the summer league and preseason, what I've noticed is how good he is at passing. Like, I mean, he obviously he averaged a lot of assists at Oklahoma. I didn't get to watch him that much, but I just wasn't watching that much college basketball last year. But um, the passes he makes kind of remind me a little bit of, like, a Steve Nash type. Yeah. Because he sees, like, he can see through the defense even despite his size. I think that's really going to help him out this year. I think, I mean, his shooting will come. We saw that crazy – game winner he hit in the preseason from like half court yep like um I think I think it'll be good that he'll have the ball in his hand a lot as a rookie to he can make mistakes but yeah I mean he's gonna he's gonna have some some <coughs> games but overall I thought I think he's gonna be fine yeah honestly it may be the perfect spot for him because like you said he's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot. he's not gonna be very efficient he's gonna turn it over a lot but it's on a team where that really doesn't matter because Either way, the Hawks are going to be at the bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, some people talking about it, like, can he be a bust? Is his play in college going to translate? The one thing that always translates is vision and passing. Mm-hmm. He, he's great at, at he's a great distributing. So I think I think he will have trouble with efficiency, like you spoke on. But he's going to put up good numbers, um, at least in the assist and the points column, especially as the season progresses. Yeah, and I, I loved what I saw from uh, Torian Prince. Uh, I yeah. think he was really underrated last year. He came alive at the end of the year. Um, this is third season. Yeah, third. Uh, Torian Prince. Uh, he's a Baylor guy. Uh, I don't. He was at Baylor for a while. I don't know if it was all four years, but I've seen him a lot. That three point shot is it, it's remarkable how it's developed. He was barely even a three point shooter in college. And now he's he's taking he's, he was three seven last night from uh, range. I remember watching him last year a little bit, especially towards the end of the season. Um, he was knocking them down. So I think Torian Prince is going to be a guy that bounces around the league and gets pretty good money. Yeah, he'll he would be a nice uh, 
bench piece for a team that's trying to contribute. Come in there, he's long, he's lengthy, he plays defense. You know, he does everything. He really doesn't. He's not great at everything, but he doesn't. He's not great at anything, but he doesn't have a defense. Yeah, he does everything pretty well. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of what you want, especially out of a guy coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of the ball, though, we had rookie Kevin Knox, the ninth overall draft pick out of Kentucky, struggled to say the least. He played 24 minutes coming off the bench. He was 4-16 from the field, managed just 10 points, um, zero rebounds, and zero assists in 24 minutes. What do you make of that performance? Because we heard all the hype in the preseason in the summer league about Knox. What do you think of it? Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I know he's only uh, – I think he – is he still – he's either 18 or he just turned 19. So he's yeah, still like there. Devin Booker type. He was one, Yeah, he was one of the younger players in the draft. So I'm not like, oh, my God, I'm not freaking out. But it was a little disappointing just because he seemed like a guy that was at – like even when he came in, he'd have a lot of poise. Um, yeah. and, but he really did struggle last night against a team like a defense that isn't very good. Um, he did hit a three, which is nice to see because he wasn't a great three-point shooter in college. He was playing out of position at UK, though. Um, he's, he's playing a bit too much four last year, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But I think it'll be – Kind of like uh, with Trey Young, he'll have the ball in his hands a good amount this year. He still play, he played 24 off the bench. It's almost starter minutes. Played more than Trey Bird. Um, he'll have the ball a lot, especially with Porzingis out. I think he could be really interesting. But yeah, I, I mean, I think I had to temper my like uh, expectations a little bit because I was really high on him yeah. uh, out of the summer league and preseason. I thought he looked really good, at least in the first couple games of preseason and summer league. He looked like a super athletic guy. He could hit threes and he could get rebounds, but um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a bit of a learning curve for him. Yeah, um, the one I'll, I'll say, and obviously it's just one bad game, so I'm not claiming to be right or anything. But I just never felt it with Knox, and I do think he's gonna be like better than what I originally thought. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just I just not, I, I feel like I feel like he's just not. I mean, obviously he's an NBA player, but I don't know how high his ceiling is where as a lot of people think, like, he's long, lengthy, and if he develops that shot, he has a really high ceiling. I just don't know with him. I don't know if he was worthy of the number nine overall pick. I'm going to stand by that. And good for me, that game one kind of (laughs) – Yeah, it was weird how much his stock rose in the last, like, week. It was so weird. I remember the Sixers brought him in for a second work. I thought that – I think if he didn't get picked at nine, I think the Sixers would have taken him over Bridges. And I I don't think they – I'm not sure if they would have traded him. The Sun, I don't know if the Suns would have wanted him. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think uh, the Mario Hazoni pickup was really underrated for the Knicks because yeah. at the end of last year, it was like as soon as they declined that option on him last year, because they declined his fourth-year option pretty early. Yeah. I know he's disappointed a little bit in, um, with Orlando. But at the end of last year, he kind of started putting together some really good games. Um, uh-huh. And I think, like – it seemed like as soon as they declined the option, he just started like picking it up. Um, yeah, I like, which was I, mean, I think he can be really good. Like as a six nine, he can score, he can shoot pretty well. Um, last night he had fifteen off the bench, three seven from three. Like I think he could be really good in a new, in with a new team. Yeah, I don't really know why Lance Thomas is starting. It's beyond me. You either start um, Mario or Kevin Knox, but yeah. who knows. Uh, the other guy I want to touch on on the, the Knicks, who Alonzo Trier. Um, I loved him at Arizona. Two years in a row I picked Arizona to win it all. 
always disappoint me. Uh, but he really picked it up, especially like in the past couple of weeks. The hype, <clears throat> the hype for him has gone up. He didn't disappoint in game one. Twenty six minutes off the bench, he was five for nine, fifteen points, four rebounds, four assists, and he had a vicious dunk. Uh, what do you think about Trier? I, th- I think he can be a good I think, player. I think he's honestly. I think he could be really good. Uh, I was pretty surprised he didn't get picked, especially had yeah. guys like um, like Giannis's brother was taken. I think he was just taken off name recognition. Because, yeah, he didn't do anything at Dayton. But, yeah, Trier, um, I think he looked great in preseason, and he looked great last night in his first game. Yeah. I think he's so. really good as a shooting guard for them um, if Hazonia or Nidalinka or Nidalekina don't really work out. I think he could be a really good option for them. Yeah. Uh, Nidalekina is another story for another podcast. We can go deep on that guy. <laughs> but uh, it'll, it'll be interesting. This is a big year for him, especially – with Porzingis out, I feel like he should take some of the burden upon himself to help get wins mm-hmm. for this team. So, uh, Other games transition over, the Jazz and the Kings, which the Jazz, who are going to be a top, a, they're in that range, but I think they're at the top of that, like, West range. Yeah, and, I think I think they're pretty – as long as they say healthy, they're going to make playoffs. Like, they'll, yeah, they'll be, yeah. Yeah, they, they should be competing for home court advantage. Um Donovan Mitchell was not very very efficient, but he wasn't very efficient last year anyway. Got had twenty four points though. Um, Joe Ingles, the man, the myth, dude. The I love Joe, Joe, Joe Ingles. Four for six from three, nine for twelve from the field, twenty two points overall, and six assists. He is just so underrated, and he gets better year by year. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I mean, he plays his defense is underrated too. Like people look yeah. at him like, oh yeah, you can't really play defense, but he's just a white shooter. All- yeah, Stary, that, that's racist. That's, <laughs> he, he's not just a white shooter. He plays defense with the best of them. <laughs> um, yeah, like last year in the playoffs, he was playing really good on Paul George. He was – I mean, Melo wasn't doing anything anyway, but he was locking up Melo, and he was hitting everything. And it's like every night he'll give you something different. Like he'll either he'll, – he could score like five points one night, but he'll have like seven assists and like ten rebounds. And then yeah. one night he'll just get like 21 points on seven to eight shooting from three. And it's just like every night – He'll be bound to give you at least one positive. I think I, I want him. I know I want him to become a, a more volume scorer. I know that he he's one of those guys who who will only shoot it if he's if he's pretty open. Like that's why um, your shooting percentage has always been very high, and his attempts have always been pretty low. But like last year, he averaged just eleven points a game. Joe Ingles can get you seventeen a game. I want I want to see Joe Ingles take the next step and command the ball more often, create his own shots, and go out there and get buckets because I know he can do it. We all know he can do it. But if he's given 30 minutes a game, he played 31 last year, like there's no reason he shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Rudy Gobert is always going to be there in the center. Just what a, what a solid piece he's turned into. The Jazz have to be happy with the development of that. Um, on, the other, on the other side of the ball, Marvin Bagley, not the greatest performance. Then again, he only played 12 minutes. Is it is kind of weird to me. I know this front court is a little, a little like bottled up, but I don't know why he only played twelve minutes, um, and he scored six points on three of six. They're all just dunks. So, what do you think about Bagley? I'm confused at why he's only playing twelve minutes. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I thought he looked okay in the minutes that he did play, but it's like he had a nice hook shot. And I know that they don't have their pick, so it's not like they're going to just be all out tanking this year. But 
So like, what do you, what is what, like who's who are you giving? Why are you miss uh, Jalika? Or, yeah. I don't know how to say his name. Like, yeah, yeah no, I feel you. Good yeah. player, but it's like, all right. At the end of the day, he's not doing much for you. He's just kind of there to help Fox and he's, stretch he, the floor for Fox. But like, yeah. give him fifteen minutes and give Bagley like twenty five minutes. Exactly. He's thirty years old. He's not in your long term plans. You're developing around Fox Heald, Collie Stein, Bagley. Get those guys playing together, and I don't know. See what happens. You're gonna you're gonna suck anyway. Like. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could have seen a bit more of Harry Giles because I loved what I saw in preseason from Harry Giles. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, did Harry Giles some fun court minutes? Right? I mean, Harry Giles, I kind of understand because he's he hasn't played a game yet. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Injury issues, but like, and Collie Stein, Collie Stein's actually he played pretty well, but he thirty eight minutes. Like, you couldn't give any of those thirty eight Bagley. Like, it doesn't um, make it. Who I don't know who's even coaching the Kings now. I think it, it's uh Dave Jager, Yoger. I don't know to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not a bad coach, and it's like I mean I love what I saw at a, um. Uh, minutes better, my guy. Like, come yeah, on. He need to, he need to, that, I think I heard that was a big issue last year. Obviously, I didn't watch much in the uh, Kings basketball. Last year. Yeah, but I mean I like a lot of the players they had. They didn't have a. Um, Bogdanovich, he's out for a little bit. Yeah, he's I'm big. Kind of surprised yeah. Mclemore didn't play. Yeah, uh, but. I oh that that draft again don't want to get on the side. I can't believe he's not good, man. I thought he yeah. was gonna be so good. So did I, and I we the Suns took Alex Len, and I. I mean, yeah. Len has been better than Mecklenburg. Yeah, he has been. Yeah. A lot, that's how bad that draft was, especially at the top. Yeah, um, man. All right, so the final game I want to talk about is my Phoenix Suns pure domination of the Dallas Mavericks. Um, it was great, great to watch. Uh, a lot of things to talk about with, with Phoenix. Obviously, I won't bore all you. I could talk about this on for fucking days. Um, the first thing, Josh Jackson and TJ Warren hitting threes, if that can stay consistent, like, that's huge. That is, that is very big. For the, I mean, if they can do that, especially Warren, because Warren's always been so good at scoring from, like, eight, like 17 feet and in. He's always yeah. been great. It's just, like, his lack of a three-point shot has killed him from being really effective. But um, – I mean, three or four. Like, when I was watching the highlights, I was like, I, I didn't know who number 12 was. <laughs> like, yeah. I got in three. Yeah, he – Jackson Warren hit, hit that late three that was kind of, like, put it out of reach a little bit. No, it was big. Warren hit – Warren was three for three to start. He hit all of his in the first half. And um, he sh- he only made 23 pointers last season. Mm-hmm. And he shot 22%. So, clearly, like, he's been putting in work or – or we fluked into that. Like that's what I, that's why I, what I gotta see if these guys fluked into it. I think it's more to see if TJ fluked into it. I think Josh Jackson has improved. Obviously, he's not gonna knock him down at the clip he did last night. He had two threes on back-to-back possessions and at the beginning of the fourth quarter when the Mavs were making a run. That was like huge. And there was like a so the Suns. There was spots throughout the game where they just struggled on defense like they normally do, and it just looked like there wasn't much effort there. And Jackson was the one to like slam the ball and like yell at yell at everyone, and mm-hmm. that's when he took it on his own to start getting buckets on the other end. And so I love to see that. Like I was a little worried, especially through the first four or five months last season, but he's come along great, and I think it should be a, a huge building block for him, especially the way he ended last year. Yeah, I was um, coming out of the like during his freshman season at Kansas, I was like pretty high on him, and then when I was looking at prospects. At three, when the Sixers really had three, I was kind of down on him because I felt like his form's really weird, and I don't like. I feel like he was kind of going to be a guy that's like 
not just really a defensive guy. Great at any, yeah, just like a defensive yeah. wing who's okay at offense. But yeah. Um, and then at the beginning of last year, he looked kind of lost at the beginning, but he really picked it up like after the All Star break. His shooting wasn't great last year, but like he had a couple big scoring nights. Um, and I thought he looked a lot better. He's just one of those guys that can kind of do it all. Um, especially considering his defense, like his defense as a guy who's really versatile on defense, he can switch. He's athletic. He's fast. Yeah. I think um, he could be really, really interesting, especially next to Booker. Yeah, he his development is vital because he's one of the main pieces in what the Suns are trying to build for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, the main piece, Devin Booker, uh, he he looked at the, at the beginning of the game. He wasn't really shooting many threes, getting to the basket, wasn't being too aggressive. He just went off in the fourth. Like I was watching. It, I, I don't know. I, don't, it, I shouldn't be surprised anymore. Year four, he's, done, he's dropped 70 points for God's sakes. Like, he's done, he's done this. Like, he gets hot. Like, he's a microwave, as you would say. He, like, and I don't know. He hit four. I think it, it had to be – I think it was six possessions. He hit four threes and had an and one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I saw that little stretch. That was – Yeah. And it's not even like the three like – the, the, Three out of the four attempts were just not open. And then mm-hmm. on the next – on the last possession, he got – he was pulling up from like 30 feet out and Dennis Smith fouled him. So he got to the line. So that's just a typical Devin Booker. He, he – I don't want to say Kobe, but he has that Kobe – No, he does. He has – he. I can see it a little bit. It's yeah. just like – it's just weird because like he's not – he's not unathletic, but he's not like super athletic. No, yeah. Like super long – he doesn't have any like insane physical attribute. He just like knows how to score. Score. He's such a pure scorer. Like, I mean, when you shoot thirty eight percent on like eight threes a game in your third season, when yeah. teams and, you're literally the only people, only player uh, teams are even paying attention to on defense because last year just it was just not a good year for the Suns. Um, yeah, exactly. And still that's, efficient. Like it's crazy. Yeah. That's the key thing. Like he's gonna once we have more options on the offensive end. He's that percentage is going to climb to the low 40s, and he's going to be shooting it at volume too. So, um, but the, the the big story here is DeAndre Ayton uh, played really well, really well, super efficient. Eight for 11, had 18 points. He had two two uh, jumpers in the first quarter that were that were smooth as hell. Right he, over uh, DeAndre. Yeah, one right over DeAndre. One or the other DeAndre. Um. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, but yeah, no. And he had a double-double, snagged 10 rebounds. And the big thing, he had six assists. Yeah, man. Really interesting. And if he plays like that, it's going to be it's gonna be fun to watch. Igor Kokoskov, um, our new head coach, was running a lot of double ball screens up top, which I loved because you get – especially when Booker has the ball in his hands. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's how I noticed. They were getting a lot of open threes at the top. Yeah, you get Booker coming off and then eight and rolling to the basket and Ariza, who was also big, popping back. Like, it, it's – Kokoskov's gonna is it has weapons to run a fun offense with these guys, so I it'll, it's gonna be fun to watch the Suns this year. I, I hope that we can make a little run at the playoffs. We're not we're not trying to tank again, that's for sure. So um, Ariza on a one year deal is definitely big. Ryan Anderson, I was hyping him up. Not gonna throw it out the window in game one, but he just looks really slow on the court. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, should, put it this way: if if this is like a win, Rashawn Holmes should get some minutes. Yeah, I was kind of surprised he didn't at least yeah. on the bench. Like, and Bender didn't play. I was like, that was kind of shocking. Yeah, I mean, uh, like Chandler thought, did. Chandler, I mean, he had five rebounds. He didn't do anything. Like, I I love Tyson Chandler. He's one of the best 
defensive centers in the league history, but he's yeah. done, honestly. He, like, you can't run him. locker room guy now. Yeah, like Bender or Holmes, one of them's got to get minutes. I'd probably give it to Bender because I think – I'm pretty down on Bender, but I still, like – he still has something. He's got – yeah, he he's still has like something. Too. Holmes, yeah. I've watched him for a few years. I love Rashawn Holmes. He's really got to figure out how to play defense. Like, he can – he'll get blocks. He'll think he's good at defense. But – he fouls a lot, and he doesn't he's, really understand, like, switches and stuff. But offensively, I think he could be really effective, like, running with Booker just as a rim runner. Agreed. Yeah. I think – no, Rashawn Holmes is – and honestly, DeAndre Ayton, for that matter, they're almost like the opposite of uh, Dario Saric or Nicole. Yeah, yeah. They have the athleticism, but they don't really know what to do. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think um, Ayton hasn't looked as – like, I was pretty down on Ayton. Honestly, I'll admit it. I did not think – he was worthy of the number one pick, but I mean, he just looks really polished offensively. It's just I didn't see that at college. I feel like in college it was kind of just like he was so much more physical, so much more like physically superior than everyone that he didn't really need to yeah, he didn't, show yeah, off exactly. anything. He would kind of just like get under the basket and get 20 and 10 every night. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So I was really happy. I was really happy when he hit those two first quarter jumpers. So it's going to be a fun season to watch finally. Um, not Not ready to compete for anything big yet, but – We'll see how it goes. Um, quick on the Mavericks, though, Luka Doncic. Um, I don't know how much of this game you actually caught, but he looked good. Like, his numbers didn't yeah, look good. Yeah, I thought good. he looked good. Yeah, his, his shooting was – I mean, he couldn't really shoot last night. He, but he airballed a couple basket, threes. Yeah, he did. Um, his passing was great. I think it's, like, just the way he, like – Oh, yeah. He yeah. can like, jump in midair and, like, just completely full defense. Yeah. Pretty – Insane. He has that. He has that Ben Simmons like esque yeah, passing yeah. attribute. Yeah. Where he, he makes fancy passes, but they're not like bad passes. They're they're right where they need to be. So um, it'll be a project to watch. But he's going to get a lot of minutes. Him and Dennis Smith are going to be fun to run together. Smith didn't have a good game of his sophomore season. Couldn't really get it going on the offensive end, and just kind of seemed disengaged by the end. Yeah, of I it. was hoping. I was hoping to see Smith do something, just because Isaiah Cannon starting. Like I feel like Smith can just eat him Take up offensively, yeah. but he kind of struggled. Um, I mean, he was he had a pretty inefficient first season. I still, I don't know. Like I know Dennis Smith gets. Kind, I mean, he kind of gets a lot of hype, but then again, he doesn't because yeah. like Mavs and not really many people watch. But then people who do watch him really love his athleticism. But then it's like he really needs to flesh out more of his game because he's not very good at defense, um, despite his athleticism. But I think it'll come. Like he's only what twenty or twenty one. Yeah. Um, all right, anything else you want to hash on the games we've already seen? Um, no, nah, I think that's it. Did we not talk about any games? I thought um, Sexton looked pretty good. But oh, for the Cavs? Yeah, he didn't play too much. But, uh, you know, he did look good at Seti Osman. I think he put in 17. Yeah, Seti, yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw him practicing with LeBron a lot this summer. Yeah. Um, you can tell last year, just as soon as he won the game, there was just like a, a different energy with the Cavs. Like we saw that in that Celtics game. Uh, yes, and that, he's diving like, on the floor. Yeah, yeah, just a good blue guy. Agreed. Um, all right, so let's quickly talk about these three games tonight, uh, two TNT games. First, we got your Sixers taking on the Bulls. Not win-loss, but tell me what you want to see from the Sixers tonight that you didn't see on Tuesday. Well, the main thing is I want to see Fultz be aggressive. Um, in the first two preseason games, the first game against Melbourne, they were playing him tight because I feel like they didn't really know about his situation or anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he was just cutting the whole time, and Simmons was getting him wide open. So it was kind of like couldn't really see. He did hit one jumper and a couple free throws. 
that first game. And the second game was some magic. He looked fantastic. Um, he hit a three. He hit a bunch of pull-up, like some long mid-range shots. And it was just like he was looking great. He was looking confident. Um, defense, he was really engaged. And I think the main thing was him is just like getting on a good roll early because when he does, like in the first game, he wasn't really shooting that much in the first half. And then he hit a jumper and then he kicked like three more. And they all looked pretty good. And okay, in the first yeah. game, he was the first play of the game. He just came off a of Ben Simmons screen and just hit a shot. So I think if he can be aggressive, I think that'll be really big. Uh, it'll be kind of tough with Dunn on him because Dunn's a pretty, pretty damn good defender. But, yeah. Um, as long I think I think he will play better tonight, especially being at home. It's a little bit less pressure in the first game. Uh, other than that, uh, no marketing. So I hope Sarge can um, hold his own out there because he did not look good. And I think Sim- Simmons had some insane games versus. Uh, uh, the Bulls last year, he had, I think he was, he had 32, 11, and 8 in the last game. He hit two game-winning free throws. Uh, I th- he's had the Bulls number so far, so I think he's going to play pretty well. Um, and, yeah, I'm just reading here, I guess. Don is day-to-day, so he's not – Oh, he's not playing? Oh, okay. It's Thursday's night with a personal matter. So, he's out. Oh, so, so. Uh, if it's Cameron uh, – so, I see Cameron Payne. Then Folds better be in attack mode the whole game. Cause yeah, it's, if Archie Diakono, he can't really play any defense. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of the Bulls, no, they're, they're not going to compete for anything, but I love Larry Markin, and like you said, he is injured. It'll be interesting to see how Jabari Parker fits in. I guess I guess they're – because this – it feels – I know Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, like Parker, they're young, but the, I feel like we've already seen kind of what they can do. Um, so I don't know if this is like the future that the Bulls are trying to go in or what direction they're really trying to go in. Seems like they're kind of stuck in between at the moment, but – it should be another kind of down year in Chicago, unfortunately. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I always loved Levine's game before he got hurt, and then last year he showed some pro, um, some promise. Yeah. But, I mean, it was clear he wasn't all the way back. Yeah. Uh, I think if he can just become competent at defense and then improve his efficiency a little bit, which, I mean, that's not a small order, but I think he could be really good because he really understands how to score – and him and Dunn in the backcourt, I think, can be really effective. Because Dunn, he had an awful rookie season, which everyone thought, like, oh, he's 22. He's going to be, like, the, the guy out of the draft who could just be effective in day one. And then he played Plenty awful play. in Minnesota. Um, and then last year, he proved a little bit. He still wasn't great. Um, his mid-range proved a lot. His three-point wasn't great last year. But um, And defensively, he's a monster. Like, he's, he's yeah. big. He knows how to play defense. So I think the backcourt of him and uh, Levine can be really good. I think they could really – they really need to find a small forward. Um, I don't know if Parker can really be that because he can't guard small forward to save his life. And we're not – I mean, I'm not sure if he'll ever really be back at this point after that second ACL injury. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah, that explosion is never probably going to be the same. But um, uh, the other – one of the other games, the Miami Heat-Washington Wizards, we saw the Heat lose to the Magic um, on Wednesday. The Washington Wizards have not yet played a game. There, I think I feel like this run of Bradley Beal and John Wall has kind of run its course. Yeah, I'm, I would love for the Sixers to jump on Bradley Beal. <coughs> He's yeah. one of the guys I would be content like throwing the package that uh, was considered for Kawhi, which I think was yeah. like uh, Covington, Sarge, the Heat pick, and I don't know about Fultz. I mean, it kind of depends on Fultz. If Fultz is good, then they don't. They I wouldn't really worry about yeah. Beal. But if Fultz isn't really working out. Um, Beal's got three years left in his deal, including this year. I'm not sure if he'll opt out uh, in that fifth year. Um, 
But that's he's the thing, though. I feel like. Young. But with if you guys are trying to trade for him, especially soon, that is the thing. If you you can't wait until you can see if Fultz is good or bad or not. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's kind of like if, I think I think it will really yeah it will depend on Fultz this year because um, I don't think the Wizards are going to trade. They're going to trade during the season unless they like really just yeah, fall apart. Agreed. But going into the offseason, you know, he'll have um, two more Jeez. years in a deal, potentially only one, and. I think at that point, like Wall's making forty million because he signed a supermax last year. Yep. So if, if they're not working out, they got to cash in on Beal because they. I mean, they're. I like the Wizards, but they have a. It just seems like they never really put it together. If it goes another year, I feel like it's just not worth trying again. Yeah, agreed. If they, I mean, they just haven't done it in the playoffs. They've made the playoffs consistently. They just haven't done it. So yeah, that's an issue. Um, and then the latter TNT game tonight. Um, the Lakers, who everyone is going to be itching to watch against the Trailblazers. Obviously, we'll start with the Lakers. Realistic expectations this season? Um, I'd say 47 wins and a six seed. I'd say actually the five seed. Um, I think they'll tie with like being that like Utah, Oklahoma City tier. Maybe with the Pelicans, depending on how healthy they are. Um, I like the Lakers. In some aspects, I mean, obviously they got LeBron, so yeah, you can't expect them to like. I mean, they're. I, I feel like the people saying they're not going to make the playoffs. Is, that's kind of unbelievable. Like, LeBron yeah, yeah. making the playoffs, but um, and I like Ingram a lot, although I'm a little not as high on him. I know he shot 39% last year from th- or um, he shot 39% from the three, but he took two like not even two attempts a game. Like he's he's got a long way to go as a shooter, but yeah, as an all-around player, I like him a lot. Lonzo, I think, was – I mean, he's talked about a lot, but I feel like uh, his all-around game has kind of been underrated. He was really good at defense in his rookie year, which is rare to see out of rookie point guards. Um, yeah. But if he can yeah. never get his shooting up, it'll be a bit of an iffy fit with LeBron. But I think um, Hart and Kuzma and um, Bo Wagner off the, be- like, off the bench, I feel like yeah. they'll grow with LeBron pretty well. But for this I- year, I think it's going to be a – some uh, growing pains. Yeah. I think especially out of the gates, it's going to take – I wouldn't be surprised to see if they struggled in the first quarter of the season. Um, but eventually, like you said, I think they're going to be anywhere from the four to six seed of about 47 to 50 wins. Um, I'm, I, I don't – this isn't a super reliable source, but 24-7 says that Lonzo is starting tonight at point guard, which – uh, is interesting because obviously they signed Rajon Rondo in the offseason. But that's been a talk of the town. Who's going to start ball or Rondo? But like you said, if, if LeVar Ball was not Lonzo's dad, if Lonzo was just like just as as known as all the other rookies, mm-hmm. then he would have looked good. Like that would look good last year. He just had all these expectations and hype around him, and he couldn't shoot. So, you know, everyone's going to bag on him. But like you said, besides shooting, he looked really good. I think – He's not going to be – he's not the best fit next to LeBron, but he does love to run the transition. Mm-hmm. And LeBron likes to run the break too. So, um, I think that that's going to work together. And Josh Hart is going to take a step. Caldwell Pope, I mean, obviously he wanted to come back because LeBron was coming. But I think this Laker team is going to have some growing pains out the gate. Uh, but tonight will be really fun to watch, even though it won't really mean too much to what this team is going to look like come March. Yeah, uh, I feel like uh, 
Lonzo and Rondo will probably play like the same amount of minutes. Minute, yeah. Despite yeah. who starts, like, um, and with Portland, I'm pretty low on Portland. I wasn't even really that high on them last year, even at the end of the season. Like they they were really good last year up until like the last week and a half. Yeah, they choked hard. Um, but they still got the three seed just because the it was such a jumble. But the, I mean, they were only what, like one game above New Orleans. Yeah, and, like they just got waxed by New Orleans, and I don't. Know, I think they McCall, got a decision on one of them. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they just. I like both of them a lot, but they're too similar offensively. Yeah, they're, exactly. Just because one's called a point guard and the other one's technically called a shooting guard, like doesn't mean they don't have like the exact same game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's been a tough fit. I think what I when we were what was the year that Dame hit that hit that shot against the Rockets in the playoffs? We had I think it was that, 2014. 14, I yeah. I feel <laughs> he was they were so young at that time, but it's kind of been all downhill from there almost. Yeah, yeah I that I mean that one year against um I think it was 2016, the year when McCollum broke out and they played the Warriors in the second round. They gave the uh, Warriors because they played the Clippers and the Clippers got hurt. Everyone yeah. got hurt, so then they got to the Warriors, and I think they took a game from the 73 win Warriors. But it was like I feel like they got a little bit too confident in that team, and they threw so much money to Myers Leonard and Mo Harkless and uh, Evan Turner, and it was just like now they're just like capped out. Yeah, yeah they don't t- have any good big men. I mean, uh, Zach Collins is good. But he's still a bit of a project. Like he's not there yeah. yet, and they yeah. lost at Davis. Nurkic is just decent. He's not great. So I think um, they, they I, I kind of thought a McCollum for Kevin Love swap might have been interesting, just as a Love as like a pick and pop partner with Lillard. But it never really came. If yeah. I were them, I'm I'm trading one of those backcourt guys. I'm getting because how how old are they? <clears throat> Lillard's like 27. McCollum's maybe a year younger. Yeah, I think Lillard. He might be a little older, honestly. Really, um, McCollum had four years. He turned twenty eight in July, and then I think McCollum's like they were both. I know Lillard played three years in at Weber State. Um, McCollum was a four. Twenty seven. Uh, Lillard's twenty eight. So. Okay, so um, I would, if I'm the front office, I would trade one of them. I feel like you got to play the season out now that it is, unless you absolutely stink come January, but. Which they won't, but I would trade one of them, and instead of for like a Kevin Love, I would try to get some assets, not not like picks down the road, but assets that you that young assets that can you can build next to like Lillard or next to McCollum. Yeah, um, one I just thought of, which could be kind of interesting, was um, McCollum to Orlando for Gordon and like a pick. That would be interesting. That'd be interesting because Gordon's pretty young. He's got four more years. Yeah, he just signed that deal. So I guess they'd have to – I mean, they're not going to trade him by December 15th anyway, so it wouldn't matter. But um, And McCollum, because Orlando definitely – like, is desperate for a guard. He'd have the ball in his hands a lot. He'd help Bamba and Isaac. But Speaking of Bamba, he looked good in game one. He did look good. I think the work he put in – he worked with Hanlon all summer, and his shot yeah. really smooth. Yeah. Um, you could always tell that he had it in him at Texas. Uh, he wasn't just like an abs- a dude who couldn't shoot through anything. But, uh, yeah, it's finally coming along. He is also a project, but he had a, a massive SWAT. If, if anything, he's just going to be a great defender this year that put, puts up 12 points from getting a lot of putbacks. But mm-hmm. um, anything else you want to add on this, this first joint podcast? Um, no. Nothing else. I'm uh, yeah. excited for the Sixers game in 30 minutes. But yeah, that's true. And 
I'm excited that we finally figured out how to do dual podcasts. <laughs> I assume I assume we'll be coming. I'm still gonna try to. We'll have to figure it out. Yeah, uh, because Q's more the main basketball guy, baseball too. But obviously, on the Monday ones, they talk a shit ton of football. So we'll figure it all out. But you're gonna get a, at least one podcast a week from us. We'll start. Well, today we were just kind of re- recapping all the games because we didn't have a chance to do team team previews over the mic. If if you want to read more in depth previews, obviously SQ Sports Q grinded out the thirty teams in thirty days. But yeah, we're gonna come back with segments and talk about the big storylines in the NBA because you know they're always there. So. Other than that, Q, you got anything to say to the listeners out there? Uh, nothing else. Go check out Manny Machado is a scumbag. Most recent article. Most recent article. Manny Machado is a scumbag. SQSports.wordpress.com. SQ underscore sports on Twitter. SQ sports on Instagram. This was our first joint podcast. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. You made it this far. I love you. See you later.